I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode five of the, the Zlatan MLS podcast, our review of round four and preview of round five. This episode is brought to you by Zlatan. Uh, wait, no, no. What, what happened? Uh, actually, this is the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast, and it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by my co-hosts, not Zlatan, uh, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle, and also we'd like to welcome our special guest, Matt Pollard from Last Word on Sports. How are you all doing tonight? Hello. Doing well. Zlatan, uh, perfect, everyone? Uh, I'm doing well, guys, and then actually, uh, we, uh, uh, Dan, Reed, we uh, recently changed our name from LastWordOnSoccer.com to LastWordOnZlatan.com. Ah, LastWordOnZlatan, there we go, right there. Here it is. Uh, well, of course, everyone, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest news tonight that has hit MLS in a while, and that is the introduction of Zlatan. But it's going to come a little bit later in the show, and uh, you're actually going to be in for a treat if you're on Patreon because you're going to have first access to a little bit of an extended breakdown of the big LA versus LAFC game coming up later this week. So be sure to check that out if you haven't already. Uh, it'll be dropping a little bit later in the week for everybody else, but everyone on Patreon, you'll get it pretty darn quick. Let's move right into housekeeping. Guys, round four, not many teams played, uh, it, but it was interesting. There were uh, some some results. I was definitely glued to my phone to figure out how they were going to end, uh, but let's talk about our teams. Mike, how'd you do? Uh, I did okay. Um, it, I, I would have had some red arrows if we still had red arrows in the user interface. Um, but I, I only dropped a little bit. I had 77 points. Uh, I captained BWP, like I said last week, and that really worked out well for me. Um, rest of the team, not so great. Um, I uh, screwed up my autobrew, and so I had Abdul Salam um, not able to sub in when Nerwitzki got the clean sheet. So uh, instead, I got stuck with Abu Bakar's one point, although I can't be too mad that they subbed him out because he should have been sent off. Um, midfielder was kind of a disappointment for me, and then Zardes and Kamara, you know, uh, was kind of hoping for some bigger games out of some people who didn't get it. But I had Higuain, had BWP, and Captain BWP, and so I was able to kind of pretty much do okay, which I think in these kind of crazy international weeks, as long as you don't like completely blow it, you're okay. Yeah, you may have uh, only gotten one point from Abu Bakar, but you still got that 0.5 increase from him. Yep, that's why he was on my team. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. Blaine, how'd you do? Uh, I'm still starting the season slow, 62 points this round, which could have done better. I did not have BWP in my lineup, and so he wasn't the captain either. Um, I picked the right right one of my two captain options from last week. I went with Diaz over Morales, which gave me an extra two point or an extra point on the week, but <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> did much better on the value this time. Back up over 110 million now, which is great. Um, I know I'm still probably behind. Mike, what are you at? Uh, I'm at 112. 112. So I'm. I fell a little bit behind the pace, but I feel like my which is not the highest. Like someone on Reddit had like a 113 <laughs> point something. I was just like, Geez. you and Ramble, yeah, you're both right up there. 
yeah, I, I fell a little bit off the pace last week because I didn't follow the value game, but I feel like I made it up this week, so not too bad. Still sitting a little bit lower than I want to be in the overall standings, but uh, there's time to turn it around. So we'll just have to go with that. And I've been riding Gutierrez pretty hard this to start the season. I like what I've been seeing from him. And again, I should have captained him this week. Instead, I went with Diaz. I captained him the week before when he did the same production as Almiron. So hey, I'll take it. Um, decent start to the season, but could be a lot better. I'm about jumping the gun there. Matt, Who? how did you do? Um, I did pretty decent, actually. I've been kind of messing up some of my autoroos and some of my managerial subs uh, every single Saturday, sort of, as the season's gotten started. I've had some adulting that's kind of complicated things. Got burned on David Villa not starting last week, but uh, took a little bit of a risk with uh, New York City FC being on the road and a little shorthanded starting Diego Fagundes. That got me nine points. I bet on the right crew and the right uh, New, York, uh, New York Red Bulls players, uh, and then I thought with uh, Kendall Waston having his red card submission, maybe I swapped him out, but I decided to stick with Aaron Mond, and I subbed in Tim Parker at the last minute. So his big 12 points on the clean sheet and the assist were a really good move. Um, and then uh, this week since uh, he got the best of me in terms of sporting Kansas City and the Colorado Rapids, I actually beat Blaine this week 72-62 to 62 in the MLS Fantasy Boss host oh. invitation. So, um, uh, so that slightly like makes up for what, Yeah, that slightly makes up for what uh, Diego Rubio did to the Rapids in stoppage time over the weekend. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, As for myself, I got uh, 91 points overall. I had a keeperoo that worked out in my favor. I put Kempen in there at the beginning just to see if I could get some good results from that. Uh, But I swapped him with uh, uh, Marinovic from Vancouver, and that worked out for me quite well. The real thing that hit me was uh, Kaku not starting. And so that really shook up my entire team, freed up a lot of points for me. I was able to uh, bring in Lade and Davis with that. And I had them both on the bench to get the higher of the two. So I ended up getting Lade's nine, though Davis got a very respectable eight. So that was that was nice. Um, had the Abubakar one, had the Zardas two, had the Kamara two, talk about that game later on that was a huge disappointment so uh, my forwards didn't work out for me but fortunately i did have bradley wright phillips doing bradley wright phillips things as my captain and so that really helped me out not only did i win all of my head-to-heads but i beat andrew weeby in the the best head-to-head that there is so that that made my round you enjoyed your taco read pardon you enjoyed your taco I did. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed my taco when I had a big wooden spoon to help me with it. Um, mm. That's what that was. Uh, value for me. I'm uh, close to one eleven. Uh, I think I'm one ten point nine. So uh, I had a good, some good value gain off of this one as well. Not quite as good as Mike since I wasn't playing that game from the beginning. Where are you overall, Reed? Uh, overall, I'm in the top two hundred, one eighty eight. So that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty yeah. Good. Had a. You know, it's good. We had a question. I don't think I included it here with Reddit, but um, one of one of our questions came through asking, where do we shoot for and in the overall rankings? And for me, I, I always just kind of like to be in that that top 100 is usually kind of my goal for a season. Higher is always better, but um, I guess in general with these things. Uh, what about you guys? I've never made top 100, so that's my goal pretty much every year. Um I mean, I think as long as you're like top 300, I think you're having a pretty good year. Yeah. But um, and now we have two seasons, so you know, try to hit one top 200. I think would be, or top 100 would be reasonable. 
blind man. Last year, I was looking for a top 250, ended up in the top 100, which I was thrilled with. Uh, for me, every year, I consider it a good year if I end up top 250, and I'm really shooting for that top 100. Love to be top 50. I mean, that's kind of the goal. Next goal is to get to top 50. But as long as I'm in the top 250, I consider it a, a successful year. Um, I actually usually do this because the uh, number of players fluctuates from year to year. I do it based on percentage, so uh, I might have to do some math here, guys, which is going to get a little bit weird. But I leave my best finish in terms of percentage was in the top 1.2% two or three years ago. Um, so uh, I guess for a comparative standpoint, I'd just like to be in the top 250 if I have the numbers right, since we've got just over 26,000 people currently in the system on MLS Fantasy. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, but of course, overall, what what we really hope about uh, finishing is that everyone listening to our show is finishing higher than they have before, doing better than they might have done without listening to our show. So I uh, hope that is working out for everyone. And Let's talk about these games. The uh, there was some fun things happening. Uh, New England finally found some bite to them, as you were talking about, Matt. Um, but Traore gets a brace to, to really just end that up and, uh, I guess, salvage that for, for New York City. Um, do you all think there's a growing confidence fantasy-wise in some of the New England players? Yeah, a little bit, actually. And the way it goes with a team like this, you lose your primary playmaker. Um, you got to find a way to play together and get it done without the key player. And I think the start of the season, they were a little too reliant on Lee Wynn. And when he was out, like he has been, you just you don't know what to do, and now they're kind of finding some form. Fagundes is really flourishing right now, and I don't know if you bring Lee Wynn back with Fagundes playing the way he is, or you have to send somebody else to the bench, but what do you do with those roles? I mean, it's, just, it's one of those. So I really do like the way New England's playing, but they're having to play together as a team, and they're having to just rely on each other instead of give the ball to one guy and let him do all the hard work for you. So, yeah, I think they are um, – gelling a little bit more and as the season goes on they're only going to get better fagunda is currently at 8.4 million with 18 points overall so pretty good showing for him uh mike how much is new york city missing via right now uh to me the big issue in this game wasn't dodd via it was alex ring um we'll get to him in injury but i mean alex ring was expected to miss anyway with international duty but he's going to be out a month um, you know, when you had, I think, first of all, I don't think New York City was expecting New England to come out on the press. Uh, and I just kind of took them by surprise and they weren't kind of ready because they've been kind of rotating all these new guys in trying to get them minutes. Um, you know, we had Ofori as the new DM. Uh, and really, you know, I think Ring would have been the player to kind of break that press and go long, kind of change something up. And, and as it was, they were just kind of stuck uh, passing in their third. Um, but the thing is, they made it work. Um, Jesus Medina is so good. He's so good. I'm, I'm so, so glad I took that advice from you, Mike, and uh, switched yeah. out Morales for Medina. Not only did it help me free up some money, yeah. but better points. Yeah, and I mean, he, wa watch him. He, he's so good. And he had, If they had been able to get him the ball more, um, it would have been great. And I think when David V is fully healthy in him, I, I think it's going to be a really good attack. Um, but yeah, I mean, for this one, I think they weren't prepared for the press. They didn't quite have the personnel to really beat it, but they still managed to get a draw. Um, so not a bad, I mean, now on the new England side, they had a lot. They, this was the first game they had with, and let me try to get the name, right. Sahibo. Uh, he had a, a few errors on the goals, but going forward, he really impressed me. I, I think he's definitely someone to keep an eye on going forward. He's only at 7.2. Um, 
you know, I, I don't know if I would go, but he got a 500 uh, thousand uh, price rise. So definitely keep an eye on him as a cheap midfielder when New England has a good matchup. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, the, the East is kind of like wide open for that sixth spot. Um, so there, there's a lot of competition for it. And if they can get the energy and, and right and surprise teams uh, going forward, they, they could definitely get into that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a bitter pill for Dallas to swallow, but they're still undefeated. Uh, we, I think we have to really consider everyone who invested heavily in Dallas. That, that Seattle team was weakened very much a couple weeks ago. And Portland's not quite as bad as I think people wanted to make them out to be. Um, Matt, this is a team from up in, in your neck of the root woods. Um, it, it Does Portland have something more to them that people haven't seen yet? Um, I think so, simply because they finally got Diego Chara back. You know, uh, Matt Doyle on Extra Time Radio have been harping it. You know, going into this game, they were 17 games without a win when Diego Chara wasn't available. And he starts in this game and he completely stabilized them from a defensive standpoint. I still think that Giovanni Savarese is, you know, changing some things out on the defensive side, on the back line. You know, obviously no Liam Ridgewell in this game because they had to change something. Um, So I think they're definitely improving. I thought that there was definitely an impetus that. Portland had to get something from this game given they had had two losses. But remember, guys, we're only three games into the season for the Portland Timbers. They played all three games on the road and against teams that were, you know, Dallas is nothing to scuff at. Even if you say that, you know, the way they exited CCL was lame. The Galaxy are much improved from what they were last season. And in my opinion, the two best teams in MLS right now both have the words New York in their name. So you've got three (laughs) losses. So, you know, one draw and two losses all three on the road, all three against, you know, improving or good teams in 2018. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. There's still plenty of time. And from a fantasy standpoint, you know, Diego Char is back and healthy. Um, and, you know, Diego Valeri is still going to do Diego Valeri things, especially at home. And Portland still has two more away games before they get back at home. That home game in, in round seven is going to be against Minnesota. So that could be a time to invest in those Portland players at that time. I don't know if Char is going to have those fantasy returns, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you're, you nailed it on there. The head mat, when Diego Valeri does Diego Valeri things, then it tends to go the way for Portland. Uh, the last question I have here for anyone to come in, just my takeaway from this game, um, Dallas is still struggling a little bit to, to find that form, find that connection. And, uh, this is probably like you were saying, Matt, just still early game. A few games have gone, gone in, but, um, that's going to be key for for Diaz to really get that production that we need him to have from the fantasy point of view. Uh, is that are you guys going to wait for that to happen, or are you still willing to take some risks on Dallas? They're on a bye this week, so not not more of a just a, an academic question right now. Yeah, I'd take a few risks with Dallas. I mean, Diaz is still Diaz, and. Um, I talked about him a little bit last season, but uh, Lamar, as long as he is playing like he is right now, Dallas is going to be dangerous. Um, He's kind of stepping up to be their number two guy, and I know they were calling him a bust last year. But if he does what he's capable of, he could really bring this team to that next level. Rudy's still a Rudy. He's going to be a little streaky. He may get two in a game and then go three games without a goal and then get two more. But you you learn to live with that with him. But if Lamar can be that consistent player for them, they're definitely going to be a threat and may even help take some of the pressure off the defense at times too. What Blaine said. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the problem. It's Rudy's consistency. I don't think it's Diaz. Uh, Lamar's coming up. Um, you know, Coleman was the big disappointment, I think, from last year. Um, you know, I'm more concerned about the defense. Uh, giving up one to Portland, you know, isn't the best. Uh, you know, they were able to keep the clean sheet against Seattle, but it wasn't convincing at times. That's where I have more questions on the defensive side. Offensively, I think we know what we're going to get. Diaz is consistent. Rudy is very streaky. And, you know, if you're playing Rudy, you're just kind of rolling the dice. And if you hit it, you usually hit big because, like, he scores braces, it seems. <laughs> but, and then rolling transfers and the Otteru keeper or switch or transfer, whatever we're calling it, really make a Rudy a decent option this year as long as his price stays kind of down. <laughs> well, that might not be that hard. Uh, and several of these games I've already mentioned, especially that New York game, lots of uh, – and well, this upcoming Columbus game I get ready to talk about, lots of crazy price transfers. Uh, is your system holding well, Mike, as far as predicting the prices with that five-week average? Um, decently so. I, I'm, I have to go through. I didn't have a whole lot of time today. I saw a few exceptions. Like for some reason, Pedro DeSantos – or Pedro uh, DeSantos didn't have – uh, a price rise this week for Columbus, which doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever because he scored seven this week, is under 500,000. So it may be curtailing a little bit, but in general, I mean, I, I rose about four million this week. So in general, it pretty much predicted the ones who have the lower um, p- uh, price per uh, form, at least if they're under 500,000, they were all getting boosts. And even looking at it this week outside of Pedro dos Santos most of what I saw got those huge price rises anyway. So speaking of Columbus, we're getting into that. I know that it's it's saved the crew, but the way that they're playing right now, it looks like that it's MLS that needs to be saved from the crew because they're just getting it done. Their, their midfield, from the fantasy point of view, is, is impressive. They have lots of options. They've got three players that are flirting with 30 points right now, uh, Mensa, Artur, and um, Valenzuela. There's, there's lots of great production right there and uh i've just been real impressed with what i've seen so far they did not have their starting keeper and i think that hurt them a little bit with uh with stefan being out but that being said uh even on the road i find Assad to be an attractive player and dc's got a long road stretch ahead of them um how impressed have you all been with columbus at the start of the season so far um, very impressed. I was a I was riding Zardis pretty high high at the beginning of the year too, but uh, he's tapered off a little bit. But I'm what I'm seeing here out of Columbus is probably one of the most complete teams in MLS top to bottom. When they run out their lineup, you could get you've got four or five dynamic players up front that can get work done. You don't have to find Zardes, and Zardes getting those early three goals. Now he's got that presence back, and he commands attention from the defense. And I saw it a couple of times this week, at least one uh, one of the goals. He makes that run in front of goal, and two defenders suck to him and leave. I can't remember who scored it open in the box. Actually, I think it was in, inside the six-yard box. I mean, when you've got a forward that's able to draw two defenders in that close to goal, uh, you're going to get things done. The defense is also playing very well. They can attack. They look good. I... I don't know if missing Stefan was as big of a deal as missing uh, Will Trapp this week. Yeah, that's uh, a good covering point. The, yeah. covering the defense, just kind of solidifying that midfield, uh, that back that back spot in the midfield. That's where I think the their big hang up came this week. 
But still, they're getting work done, and honestly, probably one of the most complete teams I've seen in MLS in the last few years. Yeah, Trap will definitely be one of my targets during a Columbus double game week. Completely going to agree with everything that uh, Blaine said. You know, I think it was joining the 50-50 club. You know, Pipa Higuain's been an absolute monster so far this season for them. And surprise, you get a really good player in their second year in MLS, and they're going to do better than they did in their first year. Not surprised at all with what Pedro Santos has been able to do. If you've got him as your third wheel offensively, he's a pretty darn good wheel to have. Yeah, and I forgot to mention three other players uh, because they were in my team and I weren't in my little preview here. Uh, Abu Bakar has 28 points. Higuain has 35 points leading the team. And then Zardes does have 25. One more player I'll mention before we move on is he uh, is um, oh, uh, Martinez. There we go. Uh, Martinez has got 17 points. That's why I was trying to get his score loaded up here. He's had some great runs on the side. Not as much of the production, but uh, he's 5 million. So I think in the right situation, he could be a great auto coming off of the bench for you because um, he did get some uh, assists during this game. So great one. I mentioned at the top of the show, I think someone needs to tell uh, Kaku's hamstrings that his name is Kaku and not Kaka because that was just a fluke that really screwed with a bunch of people. Uh, thank you, Mike, for helping me get that one nailed down or whoever it was that got me. Was it you messaged me, didn't you, Mike? I don't know if I messaged you directly, but I I, I reached I tweeted it out from MLS Injury News. That's what it was. It was it was. I was just like, oh crap! Uh, I have to get. I, know, I hate to be mean. It was a quad strain, not a hamstring. Well, you know, <laughs> the joke still works. The joke still works. But not his quad. Not his quad. It's it's okay. He's he wasn't there. It was it was annoying, and people forget what his name is supposed to be in the game, and they get confused sometimes. But. Um, Two big yeah, things from here. It's so hard to figure out what the because when I saw the Red Bulls lineup, I was like, "Wait a minute, is they're using is do they go by Kaku or do they go by his other name?" Shoot, I gotta go look at this. <laughs> <laughs> that was the exact thing that I had. <laughs> and thankfully, they had that like inside the eighteen like list, and I'm like, "Okay, let me click on this article." As I'm at dinner, I'm like. Okay, he's out. All right, great. <laughs> Go do this. Um, really, really glad to see BWP getting things done from here. Uh, Speak for I was uh, biting my nails a little because it didn't come quite as soon as I hoped it would, but uh, he really got back. That flick that he had was just, just oh, very nice. Very nice. That was nasty. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add about, I mean, Minnesota was missing their two center backs. Uh, you knew that their run wasn't going to continue in that sort of situation with the rested Red Bulls team. Um, I think this just show, I think you're right, Matt, that two of the best teams in the league right now both do have New York in their name. Yeah, although I guess the one question I really have from Minnesota, you know, obviously they had a really big win um, last weekend against Chicago without Kevin Molino, who really takes up that role from a number 10 standpoint. I think Adrian Heath is still trying to figure that out, but whoever does that is going to get a nice bump in terms of opportunities for points and is probably going to be a cheaper player than Kevin Molino is. So that's probably something to watch for. Not sure it's going to work for Minnesota in terms of competing for a playoff spot, but in terms of trying to find a you know, a player that might be worth seven and a half or eight million dollars a year put in a position to produce like an eight and a half or a nine million dollar player a year. That's something that's going to be beneficial from a from a MLS fantasy standpoint. And I'd expect probably that overall the forward production might be a little bit down because they're not getting that service. So maybe not uh, buying Christian Ramirez stock right now. Is that what they're signing Quintero for? Because supposedly they're going to announce tomorrow that they're signing him from Club, Club America. 
Uh, so as far as I know, that was a reactionary move to finding a 2018 replacement for Kevin Molino. Um, whether or not they're explicitly playing him as the number 10, I am not sure. Time will tell. Um, now, Matt, we're going to rely on you again for this one because I did not watch this game. I, I just didn't really have much interest in it. Heartbreak in the Rockies. Uh, oh. Color- what? Mike, did you say something? I was about to say I did, but I thought we were on the Vancouver game. I did not. Uh, no, there was heartbreak there too, and, and we'll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but starts out with heartbreak in the Rockies, about. and the reason for that is Colorado grabs two goals in under ten minutes, and it's just completely blows uh, Sporting Kansas City just just away. Blaine, I'm sure you were not happy at that point, and you had to wait until uh, stoppage time before they even equalized. Uh, it was just crazy time for that. I, I just don't know what that means for Colorado, if there is actually some offensive potential there with, I mean, Baji 7.6, maybe he's going to be an auto route option under the right situations, but not many people usually consider sporting Kansas city, that situation. Is it just the altitude or further example of why the sporting Kansas city defense is not necessarily going to be a fantasy gold mine? Matt, I'll let you take Colorado and I'll take the SKC side of things. How about that? Sounds good. Reed, who do you want to start? Colorado, home team. Okay, well, first of all, Reed, you said you didn't watch this game. You missed probably the most dynamic 10 minutes in Colorado <laughs> Rapids history. It, it so seems like it. So definitely go back to MLS Live and just watch those opening 10 minutes. Um, I will admit I was not at the two playoff games hosting LA Galaxy and hosting Seattle Sounders in uh, 2016, but I cannot remember the last the, – That's when that second goal went in from Joe Mason, that is the loudest I have heard Dick Sporting Goods Park in a regular season game. Um, from an offensive standpoint, I think they're definitely a lot more dynamic um the you know i we, i've been tweeting and i've been writing about uh how the rapids are still trying to figure out that five-man back line um the gap control seems to be really inconsistent especially from that outside center back to the wing back position marlon harrison still kind of getting adjusted to that role and it was that side the uh, marlon harrison declan win side which would have been the rapids right sporting kansas city's attacking left from where both of the skc goals came from so that's still a concern from a deep defensive standpoint, but that's getting a little bit better. Um, offensively, I still think the Rapids are trying to incorporate all their players. You know, Joe Mason made his first start for the club. Uh, Yannick Boley is expected to be in Commerce City sometime this week, so he's getting into the swing of things as well, and we've yet to see Skelshin Gashi or Stefan Eigner. So I think, you know, in, especially in comparison to um, Pablo Mastroeni, I think uh, Anthony Hudson has a lot of really interesting and new ideas that I think are going to make the Rapids a little bit more of a threat offensively, even though they're still a counter-attacking team. That said, I may be not buying all of the players that they have in the offense right now because I'm expecting other guys to get back. I agree with you that if he's in the starting 11 for the Rapids, Baji's probably a good auto route just given because of the price that he's at. But in terms of, you know, buying sock in Joe Mason or Stefan Eigner or Gashi or Yannick Boley this season, I think it's still a wait and see because those guys have to get fit and we have to see how they play overall. Nice. Blaine. Yeah, that opening 10 minutes might be the worst 10-minute stretch I've seen a Peter Vermes defense ever play. Um, this defense is in a funk right now, and they are struggling. Uh, they're just they're missing marks. They're they're leaving open running lanes open. They're not following their man. I mean, credit to Colorado for taking advantage of the laps in defense. I mean, those were some pretty goals to get early in the game. But yeah, that's the defense is just kind of in shambles. I've joked about it in my draft league. I don't have any of the sporting defensive guys in my lineup, 
and I don't plan on trying to change that. Um, I just I don't see it right now. They're pu- they're pushing everything forward in the attack, and the attack looks really good right now. But the defense is just not where it needs to be right now. And I know there's a lot of optimism around Kansas City that they're going to figure it out, and they've got the players to do it. But I'm just not seeing it right now. I mean, Colorado is not known for being a high-powered offense, and they made those two goals look pretty easy. So I'm, I, I'm worried. I mean, honestly, I'm worried about the defense. That's the one sad, thing I, I probably oh, go, go ahead. Go for it, Matt. You go ahead. Finish. Finish your point, Blake. I was going. I was going to go offense. So go for it. Okay. So um, I guess the the one thing that I add on that point in terms of attacking the sporting defense from a fantasy standpoint, Edgar Castillo seems to be a very you know seems to be the more offensive minded of the wingbacks. So I think you know maybe for a good MLS comparison, Anthony Hudson is trying to have him be a left wing equivalent of Justin Morrow. So certainly from the standpoint of picking, you know, I look back to maybe last year with Jimmy Madronda or way back when when um. Uh, there was a there was an outside back for or there was a player who was listed as a defender for the Portland Timbers, but then Rodney Wallace, when Rodney Wallace was a defender in MLS Fantasy for the Portland Timbers, but then he was a winger, so he was scoring goals. Edgar Castillo might be a good option for that because still eligible for a clean sheet and getting five points there on the defensive side, and you know had a pretty good assist for Dominic Baji, so he might be a really good option for you if you're looking for a defender who's both going to contribute offensively, but is still on a really good defensive team that generally plays well at home. Yes, and Castillo is only 5.2 million. So that is uh, quite, quite the value. If you're looking some of these guys are up in the $7 million range now. So eight points um, could be a good pick going forward. Uh, now, Mike, give you your chance. Uh, the only note I have here for talking about Vancouver versus LA, which I know a lot of people invested heavily in this round was you had one job, Vancouver, one job. Um, I got to say, that was nice grit by L.A. Uh, Matt, I'm sure that's exactly what you wanted to see whenever you guys were down so much. Uh, but, Mike, go ahead and share your heartbreak. Uh, well, I was hoping I had – because whenever Kaku was out, I brought him to Shara. was hoping for something from Kai Kamara. Um, you know, L.A. had, what, 11 players out by the end of the day. Um, and Vancouver came out, and it was just the most god-awful tactical plan for a team that you knew was going to come in and bunker that I've ever seen. Um, I, I, I saw, you know, um, Vancouver's blog, I think 86 forever posted, like, this is why the taxes were so terrible. And it, they were hoofing long balls to Kai Kamara for him to try to run down. And he was just every single time he was getting shut down. He couldn't get to any of the balls because speed is not his game. And they kept trying it. It was just utterly baffling um, from LA's, uh, not a whole lot to, to say here other than I think um, Hilliard, uh, the new draft pick from Stanford, may, uh, I think, acquitted himself well, maybe to get some playing time. Matt will probably talk about that. The other player from L.A.'s um, side I was impressed with was uh, Servando Carrasco, um, the defensive midfielder that they brought in from Orlando. He probably won't start anytime soon, but I thought he played a lot of really good plays and kind of brought the grit. And I, I know our friend Anne-Marie Chadwick will appreciate me praising him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Vancouver's plan, the, the problem for them is that I don't think they have a plan B when, when they can't bunker, they're planning to go into every single game and counterattack. Um, and LA was just not interested in attacking this game. LA went in there for a nil, nil draw. And that's what they got. Cause Vancouver had no idea how to score. 
Yeah, uh, Matt, I know we're going to have our more in-depth breakdown in a little bit to, to talk about uh, L.A., but uh, I mean, I guess you have to be happy with this result. Uh, I, you, you tell me that they basically had a full starting 11 completely unavailable. Like, if you go in there playing a 3-4-1-2, which I can't remember the last time the Galaxy ended up doing that, you know, with uh, Emma Boateng, who is fast, but I think has inherited the uh, the uh, first touch of Giassi Zardes, and then Ariel Lasseter up there, and you get out with anything less than a complete blowout loss, definitely have to be happy about that. Um, You know, I thought Sebastian Legette did an admirable job, you know, in the captain position. Really impressed with what Sir Rondo Carrasco has been able to do, as Mike said, you know, I think he's a better version of Baggio Husidic. Um, And then uh, I, I agree. I think that from a fantasy standpoint, that second center back position is going to be really interesting to see, you know, Michael Ciani still out, but even uh, Michael Ciani, Daniel Steres and Tomas Hilliard Arce are 5.1, 5.2 and $5 million. So given how much Ziggy Smith likes to focus on defense, given how improved I think the galaxy defense is becoming this season, whoever ends up taking that starting, center that secondary center back spot next to Jorgen Schelvik is going to be a really good fantasy play especially if the Galaxy are at home against a weak opponent because that player is still going to get an opportunity to get bonuses and is going to be a really cheap option for a clean sheet you know and then Daniel Starris is a perfectly servable um, MLS player. Say what you will about his age, but from a fantasy standpoint at 5.1, Michael Ciani isn't a bad option. Um, and then I think, you know, other than a couple instances of getting caught out of position for an opening debut, I thought uh, Tomas Healy at Arce uh, definitely showed that he's got some potential and he can be a contributor in this league. Great. Thank you so much, guys, for that. Uh, those great breakdowns to help point out some of the fantasy uh, nuggets that we've gotten from this little short round that we had. Much longer round coming up. Uh, housekeeping section now. There will be one team not participating. We already mentioned Dallas is not available. Other than that, everybody else is here. Two more little housekeeping points I'm going to point out real quick. The Toronto game and the New York game have both been adjusted now. Uh, the New York game is not going to come until August. The Toronto game is not coming until uh, June. Is that right, guys? Uh, it's it's yeah, going to be that's not this, this week. It's the week coming next. Round so. six, yes, round six. So if you're if you're looking at your your schedules and thinking something seems off, um, those games have been moved. So there has been a schedule change that I don't know if it's been. Let's see here. I'll check real quick. I don't think that's been. Yeah, it's not been changed yet in uh, the actual game. Uh, schedule. So keep that in mind whenever you're getting closer to that time. Uh, Patreon, thank you so much to the new patrons that we have. Uh, two new people going to shout out right now. Vinny Cash 007 is a new patron. Thank you so much. And then Alex Rosheim is back as a, as a donor. Uh, spent a little time with us writing some articles. Now he's back giving a little bit of money here to help support the podcast that we thank you guys so much for uh, joining our, our little group here and hope you look forward to some of the exclusive rewards boards that are coming out to our Patreon members. I've got the sticker posted now. A little bit of red card MLS fantasy action right there. I thought that'd be fun with some of the uh, the pro referee things that tend to happen every year, but that's the new sticker design. I uh, love to get feedback on it right now. I hope it turns out pretty well, and I know our good friend Tim is going to be sticking that up in Red Bull Arena sometime once I get them ordered and shipped out. Uh, I'm calling that the Nathan, Nathan Smith Memorial Design. <laughs> <laughs> We've got that. Um, that's not much going on right now this week to announce. Uh, so, Mike, let's just get to the big news, and that's the injury news. Okay, um, trying to clean up from last week. Uh, Fabinho for Philadelphia, a uh, quote, little meniscus tear, MCL sprain. Uh, he'll be out for uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, like you said, 
<clears throat> both of the Red Bulls game and TFK, TFC games next week. Uh, they're going to be out. Uh, Travis uh, tweeted this at me, and I was unaware, but Senderos, uh, when he was pulled in week two, apparently was pulled for a hamstring injury, so not sure about his status going forward. Um, I saw some people had them in our lineup, so buyer beware on that. And the Houston Chronicle just fired their beat reporter, so I have no idea when we'll be getting an actual injury update because there's no Houston Dynamo reporter, so be aware of that. Um, uh, like we mentioned earlier, Alex Ring suffered uh, an injury on international duty. Um, there was a lot of fun on Twitter as to the extent of that. Some people had it for months because Google Translate is terrible. Uh New York City came out, said it's going to be about a month for him to be absent. So um, that'll probably hurt uh, New York City's defensive side. So be watching on that. Um, obviously, after the Red Bulls listed no one on the injury report, Kaku had that uh, quad strain, but they say it's, quote, nothing serious. He was tr seen training before uh, and after the game. So they're expecting him to uh, feature probably, I don't know about this week, but cer certainly in CCL action. So. Um, his main threat this week with the rest of the Red Bulls and TFC will be CCL. And that's another thing. The games are being moved because CCL action is next week. So um, be aware for both TFC and Red Bulls. You're going to need to check those lineups because there could be rotation from for either of those teams. Um, let's see. Uh, Kendall Waston, uh, his red card uh, suspension was rescinded. So he will be available uh, and should be playing uh, this week against the Columbus crew. Um and let's see. Uh, David Villa is expected to be back um, for this week. Um, that's the only reason, uh, only news we have on him. Uh, Olam is the only person that I know of that got a red card over the past week. So he'll be suspended for Portland. And <clears throat> um, Ridgewell is healthy. Um, he was just benched. And actually, he was out of the 18 for tactical reasons, probably because he uh, hoofed it. And then um, in my Awful mispronunciation of the week. Ned Yalkov for FC Dallas was subbed out um, at the 50th minute, and that was apparently for an injury. Thanks to Matt Doyle for Match Day Central for pointing that out to me. And then um, Yuri Rosso for Orlando, <coughs> excuse me, trained apart. Um, but the kind of uh, big news from Orlando, I think Dom Dwyer may be available this week, possibly starting. Um, he seems like he's in training now, so keep an eye out on that. And that is, I think, the big injury news. Oh, F Fidel Escobar suffered a thigh injury with Panama. Um, we'll see when uh, he comes back. Uh, Mavinga and Moro for TFC, likely available for Friday, but Moro is probably out. So that's the injury news. Hope we don't have a return of coughing, Mike. There, get a get a cough drop. I uh, just got my swig of power. It, it takes a while to go through all those names. No, I get it. No, no, I, I get you. You do good work. <laughs> you do good work. You appreciate it. We yeah, appreciate once it. the pollen start stops falling, I'll, I'll be a little better. <laughs> so we had a lot of questions over at Reddit today. Thank you, everyone who was uh, contributing questions and participating in conversation. Best thread ever. <laughs> I, I encourage everyone to head over there. For uh, at the beginning of each week, it was it was hopping and it was very hot. So head over there and participate. We probably can't cover everything tonight, so lots of good back and forth on the forum to check out. Uh, some quick ones I do want to touch on, guys. We'll try to be brief with these. Um, let's do a, a last sound off on our thoughts on the price rises. There were a lot 
of crazy ones with guys scoring big points going down, guys scoring no points, Abubakar going up. Um, Mike, you've you've talked about it before. You've got a, a rough outline of what's going on. We'll try to get Andrew Crawler on sometime to see what he can dig up. Um, I don't believe at this time that there is a maximum and a minimum value for players. Uh, I'm more confident on that for maximum than I am with minimum. There, there may be a bottom that players won't go below. Um, but at this time, I'd, I'd agree with everyone with some of the frustration that's going on with, with the prices this early in the season. So I do hope that gets addressed. Uh, guys, do you share the same thoughts? And Mike, who are you looking at for some good rises this week? Um, well, I'm first of all, I think there is a 4.0 minimum. Um, some guys, I'm, I'm trying to remember who the player was last week. Uh, I think they got like subbed out and something. It, it might have been um, Durkin uh, for DC. Um, but it, from what we can tell, it looks like there may be a 4.0 minimum. But yeah, I haven't seen anything that suggests there's going to be a max. Certainly not for defenders, which I know is the big sticking point. Um, because, I mean, you're, you've now got Graham Zussi at $7 million. So... <clears throat> Certainly, um, big. Uh, as far as like who I'm looking for um, going forward, I think the Columbus defenders are, are going to still rise. Most of those guys are still going up. Um, big risers, pretty much uh, LEFC uh, coming off that five one from RSL. Most of their attacking options are, are going to get um, big price rises. Um, you know, maybe some of the Red Bulls uh, defenders if they play because they've gotten two clean sheets. Uh, and then only the one goal against an, an RSL. So most of them are still pretty good. I mean, basically, if they if the teams have been doing well and they've been doing well, I, I think you're pretty safe for uh, a price rise. Um, you know, we haven't hit the five games week. I mean, this will be the first. Next week, we'll have the first time where uh, games will start falling off. So um, we'll have some more caution there. But for right now, I think the, the teams that have been rolling are, are still going to roll with the price increases. Uh, Blaine, Matt, you guys share some of these frustrations. Yeah, yes, and it, completely. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums it up right there. Yes. <laughs> now we get it, and uh, we definitely know the the MLS staff uh, hear this, and so I we're gonna save some of these questions. I know we get a lot of them. We're not going to talk about them quite as much going forward because we are going to try to get Ben Bear on sometime near the middle of the season after we get half of this stuff under control and just kind of get some early thoughts. So we are going to be talking about this more periodically but i think it's safe to say we're all sharing in that um cooking for jeffy jeffrey came in with uh three little questions for us i thought were fun little quick things uh one which players have you been pleasantly surprised with uh for me that's pretty much everyone at lafc uh two which have you been which have you been disappointed in and that's going to be for me i think the sporting kansas city defense blaine i'm, I'm sorry about that uh, and then um which do you see as regulars on your team moving forward? And I can't answer that one just yet, but what about you guys? Who do you think, who have you been surprised with and who have you been disappointed with? Uh, Blaine, just start us out. Uh, disappointed with the Kansas City defense. Actually pleasantly surprised with the Kansas City attack, um, just the way <laughs> they've played. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'll go home around. Uh, no, <laughs> they've been, really, this season hasn't been too surprising on a lot of the names. Um, the guys you expected to get big points are getting them. Uh, there's Martinez would be probably my biggest and best surprise of the season, given what he's been able to do at such a low price point. Matt, what about you? 
Um, I'm going to have to agree with Blaine, probably disappointed in sporting Kansas City defenders. You know, I, it, I'd i be hard-pressed to find how many weeks last season I did not have one of Graham Zussi, Ike Parra, Matt Beasler, Tim Melia in my lineup. Um, Ben, pleasantly surprised with what the New York Red Bulls have done this season. Obviously, I was expecting them to be a good team, but from a fantasy standpoint, you know, I think Kaku has been excellent. They had haven't really missed a beat without Sasha Kluschen in there, and that's resulted in a lot of chances for the Alex Mules, the uh, uh, the Tyler Adamses, um, and then certainly that's resulted in opportunities for Bradley White Phillips. And as we saw over the weekend, you give BWP chances, he's going to bury them. Yeah, you did real well. Mike, what about you? Uh, disappointment, I would say the New York Red Bulls, mostly because I wanted them to be terrible, and they're not. Um for uh, in seriousness, I think it's the Kansas City defense, like everyone else. Uh, pleasantly surprised with. I, I agree with most of what's been said. Uh, I'll throw in uh, Medina uh, for New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's been um, a real good. Uh, and then obviously the Columbus attack. I don't think any, even if those who thought Darda was going to do well, didn't expect this kind of level, particularly from Higuain, who seems like really energized. And that's not something we saw a whole lot of uh, last year. Uh, and then on the last part, as far as regulars, get that concept out of it. We're not going to have regulars anymore because regulars on our fantasy team going forward was generally always the cheap players, um, you know, the kind of standbys, you know, the Stareses or uh, Hoyberries, cheap guys you can put in, plug, and be expected consistency. With the price change system probably eliminating those guys, I think you're going to see a lot more ins and outs of the team. So I don't think generally you're going to have regulars outside of like the big names like Valeri at home, Almiron, Martinez at home, th- those kinds of things. You know, that great point. Great point. Uh, CM Matt Zat, that's how I'm saying your name. Just deal with it. Um, how can I improve my defense? Essentially was his question was he was talking about. He was just talking about getting burned on some people and formations. And so that's really what I'm looking at with this question. Uh, what formation have you guys found to be working so far? Fullbacks versus center backs. Uh, is the Otteru that important? For me, I've been going mostly with three defenders. Um, I'm leaning more towards favoring the fullbacks now, but I think the Otteru is really essential for maximizing those points. And and I have some of them on, on my bench to help me give me that four defender option, not looking at five defenders at this point, probably really won't look at that most of the season, but uh, a three defender formation with a good Otteru, I think has been a, a good strategy going forward. If you're trying to improve your defense and you want those guys on your bench to be the early games, um, anybody, do you have any thoughts on, on how to improve a defense or a defensive strategy in general? Uh- best way to improve your defense is to forget about it get the cheapest guys that are going to play and throw all your money up front and get a couple of those lottery guys in there just in case but i've had no luck trying to pick defenses this year well and there haven't been a whole lot of clean sheets and a lot of our stock you know these guys are good clean sheets aren't getting clean sheets i mean that's colorado sporting kansas city um seattle you know those were like real strong defenses last year and, and none of them have looked very good defensively they've but i think they've all been shipping multiple goals uh, i mean sporting kansas city has let in two goals every single game which is insane so i uh, don't worry about that too much um it's just the way the season is happening there's just less clean sheets around so i wouldn't be too too concerned matt 
Um, typically I go for cheap defenders on good defensive teams with home games. Uh, as the two guys have said, you know, there, there haven't been a whole lot of clean sheets so far this season. Um, and then typically with that, normally the auto route that I'm doing is between two defenders that I'm kind of on the fence about possibly getting clean sheets. So, you know, I think there are ways to go about trying to optimize it. That just hasn't been a whole lot of room for optimization so far this season. We'll see whether or not that changes as defensive get defenses get a little bit more steady. Um, as we get uh, you know into the middle of the season, and at least at this point, I think they've been uh, more valuable as helping you gain value, really necessarily than, than points at times. So, uh, moving forward, our next question came from Wooks Have More Fun, which I'm assuming means Wookies, and I like that. Uh, he actually asked this question last week, but it came in too late before uh, we got did the recording and posted it again. So, give me a shout out, man, for your your diligence with that. Uh, essentially what he's talking about here is the transfers. He likes the rolling transfers in principle. Unfortunately, I work on weekends and I can't spend 20 minutes of every hour looking at lineups and adjusting my team. It works, uh, or sorry, it would be a lot easier if the schedule weren't so staggered and if games actually started slash rosters locked at the published times. Uh, he went on with some more explanations, but that's that's the the main thesis of his of his question or comment here is he likes it but feels it's a little bit broken just some quick thoughts from you guys just just how this is is going into effect is it really an issue of the crazies of the mls schedule and multiple time zones and and undisclosed injuries that make this new system not working or as some people are saying does this new system with the rolling transfers make it be more work mike um, I don't think it's more work. I think when people are talking about this year is more work, and, and, and in that Reddit thread, someone was talking about people are leaving this league because it's more work. I think what's making it more work is that it's harder to use the user interface because there's less options, which we've gone over before. And I think it's honestly, it's so much harder to use because you've got to have one screen for a schedule and one of the other things. So I don't think it's rolling transfers because to me, whether the transfer deadlines, uh, whether it's, you know, locking before and you can have limited transfers, uh, unlimited transfers up until the very first kickoff, like we had last year or this year, it's all about when you're doing the work. Um, limited transfers, it's you've got to do the work in setting out a week's long plan. So you've got to look, dig into the schedule and do all that. With um, one lock, it's about looking at the injuries um, that are coming up and kind of setting the backups and, and all that that we talked last year, you know, having coverage in case, for example, if David Villa was out or you had a random injury. For, for this year, it's about setting up plans as far as keeperoos and doing all that. Um, yeah, the, you know, the staggered lineups and having to check, but to me, is there but to me if you set out a plan ahead of time and you know what to me if you're having concerns about i don't not going to have a whole lot of time um if you have no time then you make sure you have coverage on the bench and that's the best you can do and that's the same thing you could do last year i mean reed was on a honeymoon last year and he's still in the top 200 so you can still be competitive and have good scores and be uh one of the top players and not do um, the checking lineups. Now, if you're still able to check the lineups, but you have to do it quick, set up a plan. Know who the players are in that last game. For instance, this week, it's Seattle and Montreal. So you know if you're having players out, I might want to put in Ladero, I might want to put in Piotti. You know, kind of have that plan in the mind of like, okay, who are the players I'm not picking in the that I can substitute in from the late last game or one of those later games that I want. 
Um, and if you have that planning to do that work ahead of time, I think you'll be okay. Um, you know, you just have to make the plan ahead of time. And so to me, it's not more work. I think what's making it more work this year in general is the fact that it's so much harder to make good picks because you can't really use the interface the way people want to. That's fair. I know, Blaine, you had made a good point about uh, that same planning idea as well. Yeah. Um, the David Villa issues, because I think we've had two weeks where he hasn't played. That first week he came up listed as questionable. The The information was out there. I know you're on Reddit, so you have access to some of this. Um, when that news was out, I was having a busy weekend that weekend myself. And I made a point to look at that lineup and I go, okay, if Villa is not starting, I'm going to Villalba. took me five minutes to make that switch. Now, I went to my computer at home and did it because I was in the house. But even on the road, I could have fantasy preloaded on my phone, right? Just to log in to get to my lineup really quick. Know your transfers ahead of time if you're going to be busy. And sorry, dude, if you got to work, I, I completely understand. You may not be able to do that. So watch those injury news feeds and just go with the safe options or have a cheap bench option. Alfonso Davies, Christian Martinez, have some of those guys in case you get that will not play then you've got somebody who can come in, maybe get you a couple of points, at least salvage that, and don't burn your captain on that spot either if you've got any concern if they're going to start. And just plan ahead. Or schedule your smoke break, your restroom break, whatever you get for that <laughs> time, and just check your lineup in the bathroom if you have to or on your way. I mean, I, I know that I know that's Creepy. probably not ethical and probably shouldn't suggest that, but, I mean, if worse comes to worse, there you go. I mean, just... If you've got everything preloaded, it takes about five minutes to swap a player, even with the horrible user interface on the phone. Just know your plan ahead of time and where you're going, and think, you can really get it done. I agree with what Mike was saying about the user interface being a little bit difficult. I think uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and there are some weeks in which, just based on how the schedule works, I prefer to be more you know focused towards having the two or three auto ruse rather than you know constantly checking my lineup and tinkering with it with each starting eleven that becomes available. So you know maybe focus a little bit more on that in terms of you know having two or potentially three guys uh, coming off of the bench rather than you know dump spending all of your money on the starting 11 and then just changing out players as you see you know guys aren't starting this guy's injured this guy's on the bench etc great thanks guys for all those and, and, and i do want to say something um and i'll get into this more um i think there is a solution to the lineup issue and maybe like as far as like how much time to be spending on it um that i'm going to be asking people to help me with at the end oh sounds a lot of fun i mean one thing i i mean i guess the solution you could have would be to have just one lock again, but maybe have one lock on Saturday and one lock on Sunday. Maybe that's the best of both worlds. I don't know. Look forward to hearing Mike's idea and to see how it gets approached in the future. Uh, next question real quick. Someone was asking where to find stats. Since it is, you can't get uh, information from MLS this year on every stat that is a point generator. Uh, for me, as far as free sites go, I think whoscored.com is the best place to go if you are trying to find those stats. MLS is MLSsoccer.com is also great place to go um both have detailed information who scored has a little bit more information about referees and, and some of the passing numbers breaks down than uh, the mls soccer does but of course when you go to the stats section of mlssoccer.com you're going to find a lot of those uh, point generating stats in in their in the wild i guess the, the stats wild right there so those are the two places i would look at to get the stats unfortunately not easily accessible through the app like Blaine had mentioned uh, final question. Ramblin' Ann said uh, she's already had huge 
point gains in her budget. It's at 112.7. So jealous. Uh, as more and more people reach the quote unquote player price doesn't matter point, are we going to start seeing everyone feel the same lineup? Uh, there was already an awful lot of similarities in this round. Do you guys agree that that's a worry, or do you think uh, with the the weirdness of price changes that there could uh, help curtail that? If the price rises don't stop, and this fluctuate and the just craziness keeps going, yeah, I do kind of have a little bit of a fear that we're going to see everybody go to the same thing because you know which guys are going to be gaining in value and you know which guys are going to be putting up points, and that's where we're going to gravitate to. But I kind of believe this is going to balance out a little bit. I think once the data gets loaded and every player's got five games under their belt, this is going to balance out really nicely. And I don't know. The way this game's going this year and all the money you have, um, you're going to start seeing six and seven million valued guys on your bench in the auto route positions. I mean, who knows? You might be willing to throw two 10 million options on the bench, not knowing who's going to have the better game. And that's a new new layer to this game. That's a new dynamic that I would love to see come in. So let's keep the values going on up through the roof. Uh, let's throw some guys like Giovinco on the bench just in case he throws out another dud. I have, seen a, I have seen a lineup with a Giovinco on the bench already th- this week. <clears throat> I wouldn't be so worried about this week. I mean, there were six games, um, and, I mean, a lot of the options were terrible. Um, so, I mean, obviously you're going to have a lot of lineups in a week like this where it's small games. Uh, I think the price craziness is going to make for more diversity going forward. Um, you know, like like Blaine said, you, you try to be cheap on defense. It's really hard to do that right now because all the good defenders are like 6.5 and above. Um, so I think there are some really interesting opportunities maybe for differenti- differentials and taking risks as long as you're willing to risk a, a pretty hefty price uh, decrease. And I think as you know the budgets increase and we start you know getting a little bit more stable, as I think we'll see more people uh, try to taking those risks in order to get maybe a nice big uh, price uh, increase um, after the five games are up. So I, I'm not too worried about it. Um, I, I think whenever people have unlimited options, uh, they can find themselves in some trouble. So <laughs> I think that's very good point. Here. Very good point. Thank you guys for answering those questions. I hope we covered as many as we could. We're going to get right into our game-by-game previews right here. I'm going to limit you all to three minutes a game because we want to keep this moving right along. First one, Toronto versus Real Salt Lake. Matt. Uh, Give me all the Toronto players, to be completely honest. Toronto FC has yet to win a game in league play. Um, I believe this game will be in Toronto, correct? Yes. Yes. I'm looking at the schedule. So you look at that. Um, RSL, you know, yes, they got a win now two weekends ago um, against New York Red Bulls. But, you know, that was a fourth or fifth minute PK. And then they really weren't the better team despite playing at home and um, at altitude over this one. So, you know, I'd expect Giovinco and the Josie Altators to come out and be really, really effective. Um, still think that RSL's offense is trying to find themselves. So I'd probably bet that, you know, there's at least one or two good defensive options um, on Toronto's end that are good for a clean sheet. So give me the Toronto players. Of course, that means RSL is going to win this game 4-0 now. (laughs) Okay, Blaine, let's get to you for Orlando versus New York Red Bulls. Yeah, um, the way New York's playing, uh, watch the lineups. Rolling transfers are going to be your friend here. They've run out a little bit different lineup every time, and they've got a lot of young guys playing really well and kind of fighting for spots. So who knows? I mean, Moyle went out this week and had a monster game. Uh, Excited for that one. Wish I would have picked him up, 
but you've got Bezacourt and Davis and some other names out there that are all fighting for minutes right now. So keep an eye on that. But that said, go for the New York guys that, that you see in the lineup. Uh, Orlando has been in shambles. I know this is a road game for New York, but Orlando's not been playing the greatest, and New York's playing really well right now, and I think it's a form that they can replicate on the road. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict a uh, 3-1 scoreline for New York on this one. Uh, see who's starting. That's why I'm not going to give you too many fantasy picks. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips probably won't replicate it again this next week, but look at those midfielders. Revolts has been starting up top when uh, when BWP has been up there, so that could be something to, <laughs> to jump in there. All right, Mike, moving on. Columbus versus Vancouver. Uh, I think this is a really big game fantasy-wise. Uh, we've seen how well Columbus has done. We've talked about it a lot already on this pod and in the past. Uh, I don't think what we've seen from Vancouver so far um, really scares us. We know they're a counterattacking team, which make them a little bit comfortable. But in, in the end, uh, flying all the way to Columbus, Columbus at home, I, I think you could easily have four Columbus players uh, in here. Um, we, we've already talked about the big ones. Any of the Columbus defenders would be fine, even Abubakar. Um, I think they're all probably due for price rises. Uh, Stefan, again, in goal, coming back from international duty, um, which, oddly enough, we haven't talked about. Um, keeping Be aware of people play coming back from international duty. I, I'm expecting them all to play because everyone plays on Tuesday, but it still should be fine. Um, getting back to the picks, Higuain, I think, is a great captain choice this week. Uh, Zardes, um, Pedro Dos Santos, or Martinez, um, kind of cheaper options, uh, Martinez being the value pick. Uh, in midfield, good Otteru, uh option. So, yeah, I think it's great. I think this is a 2 nothing win for Columbus. Um, really probably one of the best matchups of the week. Okay, and now we have our featured game of the round. I think this is going to be great. LA Galaxy versus LAFC. We have an extended breakdown of not only this game, but also the introduction of Zlatan and what that will mean to MLS. Uh, Matt, you thank you so much for going into all of that and just helping break that down. It was great. Your insights are always wonderful. So glad you could join us to do that tonight. Just give us a really quick summary right now for those who haven't had a chance to listen to the extended interview yet. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'd say that it was a really good segment. So definitely check out um, that whole thing for all the details. Um, I think uh, for this one, from a fantasy standpoint, there's going to be some LAFC players you're going to want to consider on the LA Galaxy side. I am waiting until we actually get the lineups on this one. So this is one that I'm waiting to see both who's starting and how they're playing. Uh, there's definitely going to be some LAFC players I'm looking at. Obviously, Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, and Benny Fellhaber are going to be options. But I still think with only two league games under their belt and given the fact that they're not going to have to travel as much and the op opponent they're playing in their crosstown rival that we might see some changes in terms of who and how uh, Brad, uh, Bob Bradley has his team play so there's going to be some LAFC players to consider but I'm going to wait and see the formation on that one on the other side for the LA Galaxy it's going to be entirely based on health Ola Camaro is going to be coming back from international duty all three DPs you know were not healthy for the game against Vancouver for me it's going to be about you know who's actually available if Ola Kamara is in the starting 11 and you like his chance to score definitely going to play him um, but other than that I think it's going to you're going to have to wait and see and then obviously the big question everybody's going to have is is Laton going to be in the 18 Given that he's $10 million and hasn't played in a while, I probably still would be steering clear of him. But, you know, this is, you know, this is our supreme deity and, you know, the, the lord of the universe. So who knows? He might end up, you know, putting a side spot on LAFC all on his own. 
comes in at the 80th minute, scores a hat trick, and just another day at the office. Foot to the fire, who wins? Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with an exciting and a barn burning two two draw on this one. Um, and I'm going to say I, I'm not gonna say who, uh, and I'm not gonna say explicitly that it's Slotom, but I'm say the I'm gonna say the Galaxy uh, equalize in the 85th minute or later. Wow. Oh wow, that that'll be very exciting. I'll, I'll I'll try to watch that game for sure this time. Uh, Mike Chicago versus Portland. Um, this is an interesting one. <clears throat> um, Chicago's only played twice so far. Um, so don't have as much information on them as, as some others, but um, I think offensively, this should be good going forward. Uh, Schweinsteiger will be back um, now that he's uh, had his baby. Congrats to little baby Schweinsteiger. Um, so I, I think Nikolic and Schweinsteiger are really good shouts. Uh, Katai, uh, we talked about him last time. I think he's probably still due for a price rise for his uh, efforts in week one against Sporting Kansas City. Uh, I don't know if he'll be quite as good, so I'm thinking he's maybe uh, an auto-roo option at, at 9.5 if he can afford an auto-roo option uh, that expensive. Defensively, uh, Portland's only scored um, 1, 0, and 1, so I think there's a decent clean seat, uh, sheet shout, although Chicago hasn't shown themselves to be very good defensively, so you certainly are taking a risk, but um, you're basically betting more um, either the Colorado, the, excuse me, Chicago can get it together, or that Portland just can't get it together on the road. Um, so, I, I think this is probably a two-one um, with an outside shot at a clean sheet. Um, but your better chances are offensively with Schweinsteiger and Nikolic. All right, Blaine, Minnesota versus Atlanta. Yeah, um, the way Atlanta's playing right now, they're going to run all over Minnesota, even though they're on the road. Um, I I think Minnesota will give you a fight for a while, but just the attacking options that Atlanta has will eventually take over the game. That's why I'm going to go ahead and say this is a 4-1 Atlanta win. I do think Minnesota has enough pieces, especially at home, to get one. And as when Atlanta smells blood in the water, they are susceptible to, to letting their defense down a little bit and letting the other team kind of get in behind them. And I think Minnesota will find a way to score. Um, I mean, Martinez and Almiron are your two obvious options here. Uh, Vialba is due for a price rise, so if you want to go for a third option, he's definitely one to grab. Uh, Gressel has been a little bit of a cheaper option. I think his price has come up a little bit more to where he's not quite the same value that he was to start the season, but he has been putting in quality minutes and getting work done for the team. And so great fantasy option there. Um, I do think this is a team you could go four deep on. But I think there's some other games to maybe knock you back to two or three. But, yeah, this will be a good one for Atlanta. All right. Mike, San Jose versus your New York City FC. <laughs> um, I, I think this is one where you probably look at Vaco um, with Ring being out. I, I think he could have uh, some success. Uh, we didn't see a lot of great things out of a, a Fori. Um, so if anyone's going to step up in defensive midfield, it's going to be Ana Herrera. Uh, I think he's probably due for one more price rise. Um, he's up to 8.5, I think, now on his risen point five. I think, every week. So I, I think he's probably a good shot in the midfield. Um, like we said, Medina uh, is good if you don't believe in San Jose's uh, offense. But, um, I mean, with New York City uh, going cross-country, as much as I love New York City, it's not the best. I think this is probably like a 1-1 draw. Um, anyone I would go, uh, I am interested in Vaco from this game uh, with Ring being out, but that that's about it. I wouldn't go with uh, Wando or, or anyone like that. Okay, Matt, Houston versus New England. This is the I need a midfielder for less than eight and a half million dollars to start. <laughs> 
game. No doubt, um, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Diego Fagundes at 8.4 million, averaging six points a game. You've got uh, Pena and Zahibo, who are both averaging over five and a half points a game that are all options for you. Um, I would not bet on defense for either of these teams here. Both of them make mistakes, and both of them have offenses that are very good at taking advantages of mistakes. Uh, you know, obviously, if you want to pick a big money player, the obvious one in here is going to be Albert Elise, 10.5 million, and he's averaging over 10.67 points per game. Find me a player whose average points per game is greater than their and then their price in MLS <laughs> fantasy right now, that's going to be pretty hard to find. But even if you want somebody cheaper like that, you know, Eric Alexander and Andrew Wenger have both been really good contributors. I'm looking for a lot of bonus points and a lot of players who are going to contribute in the attack to create chances, not necessarily finish those. Personally, if I had to pick one in this, I'm going to say two, one to the Houston dynamo. Um, and if there was anybody that I'm starting, you know, I probably really like Mauro Minotas to get a goal in this game. Blaine, your sporting Kansas City versus DC, and particularly people on Reddit want to know your thoughts if it's time to drop Zussi and if Gutierrez is outperforming his numbers. Um, yeah, it might be time to drop Zussi. Um, I am worried about what's going to happen with some of these defenders that have skyrocketed so much when their points production comes back down to earth. Um, at seven million, and I. Uh, he's at 7 million price and it looks like he's averaging 5.2 a game. Um, I think he's got to be getting close to the upper end where you're going to start losing value. So definitely a player I am more concerned about taking a price drop more than just losing his production on the field. So there's that um, Gutierrez. Um, I've said it a couple of times online. Um, I will say it now. He is the best player to ever put on a sporting Kansas city Jersey. Um, wow. he is not outperforming his <laughs> wow. numbers. Uh, this is what we can expect game in and game out from him. I don't know if he's going to keep up the goal a game pace, but just his, how dynamic he is and how much action he gets in the midfield and how involved he is in everything is not going to stop. He is always going to be a threat to score and a threat to make something happen. So yeah, he's going to get up to that premium price sooner or later, and it's going to be well-deserved. Um, with that said, he is my number one pick for this game. I think he's pretty close to a must-own against this D.C. defense. Um, the, there's a few other options here. I mean, Shallowy's still got that uh, under $6 million price point, and he has been very involved in the attack, uh, doing a lot of good work for the team. Um, if you're looking at just averages and bringing them up, uh, Sanchez and uh, Espinosa are both getting a pretty good average. But the other player I'm really looking at from this game is Yamil Assad. I know Reed said it earlier. He is somebody I would trust on the road. And with the way the sporting defense has played, um, I would expect him to get uh, at least a goal or an assist in this game with the way he's been playing. Um, that said, I'm going to go ahead and predict a 3-2 scoreline and go with uh, Gutierrez and Assad in this game. All right, Matt, Colorado versus Philly. Um, I think this is going to be Colorado's first clean sheet of the league season so far. I thought they were much improved defensively, and I don't think that Philly is going to take away or take advantage of their gap control issues in the way that Sporting was able to, or even Toronto FC in CCL. Philly had to make their first Western Conference road trip of the season. Uh, Joe Mason getting another week to get fit um, in uh, in altitude. I think uh, Hudson making enough tinkering changes uh, in the lineup to improve a little bit better. I think we're set for a 2016 prototypical Colorado Rapids 1-0 win in this one. <laughs> for sure. And Blaine, wrap us all up with Seattle versus Montreal. 
Yeah, this game's kind of a mixed bag for me. I don't know what to expect here. Uh, Montreal has shown me more than I've expected, and Seattle's kind of let me down on the fantasy side. So here we go. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and predict a 2-1 Montreal win. Um, with Dempsey suspended, Bruin and Morris both injured, I don't think Bruin's going to make it back. Um, you're looking at Rodriguez to start up top, or I don't know what they're going to do there. Um, I just don't like Seattle's uh, opportunities to score here. And if Montreal continues to play the counter, I think they can take advantage of the slow start the Seattle defense has had. Um, I just really like the way Montreal stacks up. So I'm going to say Piatti's kind of your must-have here in this game. And I'm a little nervous about Ladero and what he's going to do. But if Wolf is starting, which with his creative ability and the lack of offense, he probably will at 7.2. He would be the only Seattle player I'm looking at. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for those uh, breakdowns and player picks. Now we're getting to the real deal now, the chalkboard keepers. Blaine, who do you like? Um, I have Luis Robles in this week, and he's got one of those early games. So if he really doesn't play well, um, I'll look at somebody else. But at 6.9, I'm probably going to keep his score if he hits a 3 or a 4. Mike? Uh, I have Bono in a uh, keeper with a cheap um, midfield uh, keeper named Tim Melia. Like, Tim Melia's at 4.4. I can do a cheap keeper with him. That's insane. <laughs> Matt? Uh, give me Stefan Fryer or Alex Bono. All right, defenders, Mike. Um, I'm kind of going back and forth on this as far as price, uh, but I have Abu Bakar and Drew Moore in, in there solidly. And then I have right now I have Kapahoff and Vanderweel um, in as substitutes in a triple auto route. Matt. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Edgar Castillo, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, and then Drew Moore. Um, and then I'm probably going to echo what uh, Mike said, probably going with a Chicago defender. It's going to depend on where I'm at budget-wise in terms of how much money I want to splurge on that individual. And Blaine? Um, right now, I've got uh, Valenzuela and Rosenberry in my lineup. But I've got uh, Mensa and Abu Bakar on the bench. I'm not sure where this is going to go. Um kind of up in the air on defense until I see some lineups, but right now I've got it on guys that are going to get price rises. All right. Now let's move on to midfield, Matt. Um, I'm going to go with Enrico Iguin in this one. I think he's got a good matchup. Uh, I think if there's any player to bet on right now, independent of formation or injuries or whatever in the uh, El Trafico, for me, it's going to be Carlos Vela. Um, and then uh, Sebastian or Victor Vasquez, excuse me, from uh, Toronto FC. Blaine. Um, I've got Gutierrez, of course, uh, Vaco, uh, Katai, and Higuain. Mike? I have Gutierrez, Schweinsteiger, uh, Higuain, and then Herrera is the third part of the auto route. All right. And finally, forwards, Blaine. Um, I've got Rossi and Nikolic this week. Mike? I have three. I have Zardes, I have Vela, and I have Ellis. And Matt? Uh, Zlatan, Zlatan, and Zlatan. Just kidding. Uh, I'm going to go. With, I'm going to agree with Mike on this one. I'm going to go with uh, Albert Elise, and I'll also be having uh, Nemanja Nikolic. Uh, Captain Mike. Uh, I, I want to go Wakanda forever, but uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Higuain. Matt. Wakanda forever. Going with Albert <laughs> Elise. Blaine. Um. Depending on the L.A. lineup, I've got it on Diego Rossi right now, but it'll probably drop back to Iguain. 
And finally, the clean sheet predictions. Matt. Uh, give me uh, Colorado and Toronto. Blaine. Um, I think Columbus has probably got the best chance this week, and maybe Chicago. Mike. Uh, TFC and Columbus. Okay, thank you so much, guys, for all those player picks. Uh, I will get that published uh, again this round on the chalkboard, so keep a lookout for that as we get closer to game time on Saturday, so that will be fun. And then uh, finally, wrapping everything up, league updates and the final plugs. I already mentioned uh, Andrew Weeby has fallen to Team MLS Fantasy Boss. Uh, it's uh, zero wins for Andrew, three wins for me. There's It's getting... Fewer and fewer at the top of the host Invitational League with everyone who's undefeated, so it's it's getting tight. But it's been a lot of fun so far this season. Uh, thanks everyone who's who's accepted our invitations. Uh, Alex Rosheim has jumped to the top of the Patreon League, so Alex is another tough player, I believe. Uh, New York, right? Is that right, Mike? He's a New York fan. I mean, if he's doing well, he probably is. Oh no, he's a Minnesota <laughs> player. Ooh, well, that's was weird. <laughs> he lives in New York. But you never know. People have different strategies for that. Ch- but Chicken bucket second. So my, my New York City pigeon peeps are uh, representing. <laughs> Alex, uh, good job with that. Everybody else, you got you got something to shoot for. Alex is tough, but I hope you're having fun. Uh, final plugs, Blaine. Um, I'm having a little bit of a crisis with um, Best Eleven now, uh, with all these crazy price rises, and I've tried to keep it at that hundred million mark. It just doesn't seem quite so relevant. So any suggestions or thoughts on a replacement or how to fix it to keep it a little bit more relevant are welcome. Hit me up on Twitter. Let Blaine know what you want to see. Mike. Uh, First of all, I want to shout out to Opta for their one point price adjustment that let me win in the MLSFI host head to head league against uh, (laughs) Alexis Guerrero's because that was a tie um, Sunday night. It became a a win Monday night. So shout out to Opta. Um, I mentioned earlier, people are having trouble accessing the lineups. Um, what I would like to do is to start a Twitter account that tweets one thing and one thing only, and that is to tweet out lineups. That way people who are at work or whatever can get a notification of it. And my idea is to have it a fantasy relevant person tweeting it out. So that way they can highlight, hey, Kaku is not starting. That way for people who aren't you know, able to be refreshing on Twitter, they can get a notification immediately. But I cannot commit to doing that <coughs> excuse me, every weekend. So if you are interested in helping out, what I'm going to want to do is set up a schedule so that way we have someone covering every time a lineup is out so that we can get information out there. And if people are interested in helping me out and do it, I'll get the Twitter account started. So if you're interested, message me at Mike.Tiger. I'll do that. <clears throat> Mike will be back on Twitter now that it's almost Easter. Yeah, that is almost Easter. And then uh, one more thing. Uh, I know our Orlando friends are, are very sad today. They lost uh, one of their capos in a tragic car accident. I just want to extend um, my prayers and sympathy. I think there's a GoFundMe for uh, his family. So um, if you have the means, uh, go check that out. Matt. Uh, follow me on Twitter at LWS Matt Pollard. Check out all of my written audio and video work on the various teams that I cover at uh, lastwordonsoccer.com, formerly known as lastwordonslaton.com. And then also <laughs> check out my work on uh, Last Word Soccer Club Zlatan, where we talk about uh, Zlatan to MLS um, and Holding the High Line, which used to cover the Colorado Rapids, but now covers our supreme overlord Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan, 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 Zlatan? Zlatan.
Zlatan. Uh, and of course, you can check out everything that I have over at MLSsoccer.com with my uh, regular weekly player recommendations. So you can also go to MLSFantasyBoss.com to check out all the articles that people like Blaine and everybody else that contributes uh, have posted there to help you with charts and XG numbers and player predictions. So it's it's good stuff. And then finally, head over to there's two places to head over to for discussion there's r slash fantasy mls because that's where lots of things get posted including lineups at times and and uh, rate my teams and, and captain polls so get that there but also check out the new mls fantasy boss sidebar chat uh powered by discord that older goaler and Imran have helped and other guys a uh, bit nomad have helped to get that up and going it's awesome lots of different channels lots of options different ways to interact with everybody and get tips it's great it's free check it out good luck